Welcome, everyone, to the Adventurers Podcast, where we talk Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and more. I'm your host, Peyton, and with me is my co-host, Torn. Oh, what the heck? <laughs> I, I thought he said it. Hello, how's it going? <laughs> what do you, what? What do you mean? No, because I said yo, and then, like, it just didn't show up for me oh. on, yeah. The, the Discord, Discord, be discordant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have a great show for everyone this week. We're going to be talking about Barbenheimer. Let's go. <laughs> Barbenheimer, the event of the year. And of course, we have the news of the week. So if you want to jump around to the Barbenheimer review or any piece of news, you can go ahead and do so. That'll be in the description or the show notes. And with that, let's just get right into the news because of the writer's strike and the actor strike. News has been scarce, but we do still have uh some good bits of news. We got some Star Wars news. Donald Glover and Steven Glover are set to write the Lando series. We won. That's fucking incredible. <laughs> Let's go. Just double the Donald Glover. We got he's he's writing it with his brother. And he's, you know, obviously starring in the series. But that's a good sign because if he's if he's writing the thing, it means that he's actually it's actually gonna come out. <laughs> otherwise it's like real up in the air uh but there was a previous writer and a showrunner that you know unfortunately was just kind of quietly removed (laughs) so that that sucks also it's important to note that this deal with donald and stephen glover were made before the writer strike so they're not scabs and uh, presumably they're going to get started on writing it after the writer's strike. So there's that. Um, also, we have Marvel news, of course. Thomas Hayden Church says he's heard rumors that Sam Raimi is developing Spider-Man 4. I don't know how true that is, because uh, there's also there's been celebrities before that have like said, like, yeah, I've heard that this is happening. And it's because they saw some like Instagram posts. That's not true. <laughs> so I don't I don't I don't know how uh how much we can take thomas hayden church at his word but if it's true obviously that's cool but who knows <laughs> uh we also have craven the hunter devastating news craven the hunter has been delayed damn near a whole year to august 30th 2024 Oh man, that's so sad. Uh, I know. That's so unfortunate that we don't get to see Craven the Hunter. Yeah, I know. I, I really wanted to see that generic Marvel movie from Sony. Yeah. <sighs> so sad. <sighs> it's terrible. So what a tragedy. How are we Anyways, ever gonna live with ourselves? Pain. Well well I can live without seeing Craven the Hunter, you know. I don't think I can. But uh, I guess, depending who you are, uh, some good news, I guess. Uh, Venom 3 will release July 12th, 2024. Oh, yes. So it's now that I, Now that I can see. That's, day, it's, releasing before, it's releasing before Craven. I just, my day got brighter, so. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Two generic ass Sony Marvel movies in a year. I'm so excited. Actually, wait, three, I think, because isn't Madam Web coming out in 2024, too? I totally forgot about that movie, so. I'm so excited to see three, <laughs> to see three generic-ass Sony Marvel movies in a year on top of Captain America, on top of Deadpool 3. Uh, 
anyway, <laughs> uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse has been delayed indefinitely. Yeah, that now my day just got ruined again. Nah, I'm just kidding. I, I, know, I know about that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was bound to happen. Exactly. To be honest. So if apparently the actors haven't recorded any dialogue. Who knows how far along the movie actually is the uh in terms of like animation and like you know what they want to do with the animation yeah it was it's, um, it's likely that it was never going to make this release date anyway yeah because um, like that would have been way too soon probably would have been seeing like test footage as the full movie yeah <laughs> so i guess it's a ultimately it's a good thing we don't want a half-ass product but yeah for sure you know the fact like, that it's delayed indefinitely we like we don't have any idea of when it's coming it does kind of suck. I, I imagine it's not going to be as long of a wait as the first one to Across the Spider-Verse, which was, what, like four, five years? Five yeah. years. It was five years. Yeah. So, yeah, they probably wanted to do an Infinity War Endgame thing, but, you know, animation takes time. So it's, it's yeah. I imagine, I'm assuming 2026. That's my guess. 2026 is, is fine. And now the the animators can stop being held hostage and they can go see their families. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> For I don't now. Know. But yeah, that's the news of the week. So yeah. <laughs> so which means it's time to move on to our topic, which is Barbenheimer. Hip hip hooray. What do you want to start with? Uh let's start with Oppenheimer. All right. This movie was fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't know. It was insane. I don't know. Do we want to do non-spoilers then spoil because like it's it's history. You know? It's it's pretty much history. There's there's but... one spoilery bit at the end. Yeah. And okay. I get we'll 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 say spoilers when we get to that. But otherwise mm. it's not really a movie that you can spoil. Yeah, because so. yeah, we already know what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, I, I didn't mean it like I just said. Like, are you sure? I didn't think about yeah. that. Like, I just, <laughs> you just like, we already know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you don't, if you didn't learn anything about the Manhattan Project, then you're failing history, dude. You failed history class. Didn't didn't know about World War Two. You're, you're failing history, dude. You don't know shit. <laughs> but yeah, the movie's fucking crazy. It's, it's nuts. It is like besides Interstellar, I think it's definitely one of Nolan's most beautiful looking movies. Um, in terms of you know the cinematography, you know, considering you know it was shot on you know sixty five millimeter and seventy millimeter film. Like, oh my God, it, it just looks it looks gorgeous. It yeah, it it's looks. It looks incredible. I'm not the uh, I'm not the type to like be like a a stickler or like really give a shit about what it was filmed on. <laughs> but I just care if it looks good and it looks good. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's Nolan, dude. Yeah, it's it's, it's always gonna look good unless yeah. you're The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> In which case, I mean. I don't even want to think about that movie right now. I'm not thinking about that shit. <laughs> but yeah, Nolan always manages to deliver at least a good-looking project. I don't think I don't think he's ever really delivered a bad movie. No, like none of his in like. I mean, we've well, never seen Insomnia. I haven't seen Insomnia. I have like I haven't seen The Prestige. I know I'll get to that, and I haven't seen his first 
uh, feature which is following. But I can definitely say for all the for most of the projects I've seen from Nolan is that like yeah none of his projects are like really bad like none of them are bad I would say like they're like a seven like the lowest is like a seven lowest for me is a six and yeah, that's so Dunkirk yeah Dunkirk more like mid Kirk but, but even then like, and Dark Knight Rises yeah even then like that's above average yeah. so that I, I could take that. And it's still, uh, like, well-made movies. Really, I, as far as Dunkirk goes, I was kind of just bored. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that was Dunkirk's problem. It wasn't, like, the writing or the execution. It was just I was bored. And Dark Knight Rises, I just don't think is that great. Yeah, it's a bunch of... Uh, yeah, But it's got Bane in it, and that carries me through. It has um, Bruce Wayne plot armor, and we also have Robin... Who's not even Robin? It's just some motherfucker uh, with that name. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, Oppenheimer. <laughs> Where was Michael Caine? The fuck, man. Where was Michael Caine? I don't think yeah, well, was he in Tenet? I don't think he was in Tenet either. No, he wasn't in Tenet. We, uh, we had we had uh, Tom Hardy's lookalike in there. Or was he in Tenet? Or am I thinking of a different no movie? No, he wasn't in Tenet. No, wait, no, he was in Tenet. He was Michael Crosby. He oh, wasn't Tenet. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. He wasn't Tenet. Okay. He wasn't Tenet. Oh yeah, that's because yeah, they were they met or like, yeah. Okay, I'm not crazy. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. You're good. But he yeah. wasn't in Dunkirk though, <laughs> right? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't in Dunkirk. Okay. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Okay, I'm, cool. looking, up, I'm, I'm looking it up now. He wasn't until I see it. Um, Damn. So he wasn't in Oppenheimer, no, no, but like, wait, no, he wasn't. He, he wasn't, wasn't Dunkirk. Dunkirk. <laughs> yes, he wasn't Dunkirk. He was, Are you uh, serious? Yeah, he was in Dunkirk. He was like a he was a Fortis leader or something. That's what he's credited as. What the hell? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, he. It was like a small, like little cameo he did. He, oh yeah, there it is. Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah it was a voice he, role. Yeah. Okay. That still counts. <laughs> yeah, it counts. But he so wasn't yeah. in. As far as I, as far as I know, he wasn't in Oppenheimer at all. No, he wasn't. That's crazy. Because it's an old. <laughs> yeah. You think he's mad about it? He's like, God damn it. <laughs> fucking no, prob- no, no probably what? freaking probably gives him like strain off of his body bro <laughs> he's really <laughs> he's like finally i don't have to go to set for fucking Nolan. he's he's <laughs> nolan has yeah, like dirt on him or something because knowing knowing nolan he's gonna he was gonna cast like michael kane as like like someone who was very prominent in the role maybe his professor or something yeah, probably professor. But then again, probably, like he almost killed me. Probably because, like, well, then again, in people, in people were casted so much that they only got like maybe like thirty seconds of screen time. So True. Knows. They got, I guess, minor spoiler. Brother, they got fucking Gary Oldman for two seconds. Yeah, they got Gary Oldman who was fucking shitting on Killian Murphy. I wish I called that out because I, I was watching. I was like, is that is that Gary Oldman? Because <laughs> I've seen this man in fat suits so much. That I'm just kind of, I recognize Gary Oldman in a fat suit. Goddamn Gary yeah. Oldman. Where, where, where? I don't want to fucking hear it. Right. 
Don't don't let that cry baby back in here. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. I was like, Truman, Truman, come on, man. I mean, I know you dropped some bombs on some innocent people, but come on. He was kind of spitting, but at the same time, yeah, he yeah he was like kind of. Yeah, he was—he was, he was kind of spitting. He was kind of spitting, but it's like, yeah, Oppenheimer. I mean, he did make the bombs. Technically, he led the project. But let's yeah, be honest—he he, wasn't he, gonna do that shit on his own. No, he wasn't. Nah, it's a good but, movie. Um, it was a—it was a fucking great movie. I wanted like, more Josh Peck. Yeah, I wanted. Yeah, I do wanted more Josh Peck, but you know, it's nice to see him acting. In something other than you know, seeing him in Drake and Josh and like any other Nickelodeon project, he was in some. He was in like a Turner and Hooch Disney Plus show. Yeah, it was a Turner and Hooch. Yeah, no, was I, great. I didn't see that, but good for him. Roderick was Roderick yeah. in this. Rod, yeah, Roderick had like two seconds of screen time. But that eye roll was crazy. Yeah, I was like, man, Roderick really just came in. <laughs> he just, <laughs> he really just channeled Roderick there, didn't he? He's like, God, he did. He's like, look at this guy, God. Benny Safty. I mean, this, this, the cast was fucking disgusting. Yeah, Benny Safty was crazy. Alden Ehrenreich, Robert Downey Jr., who, who, I mean, supporting actor nom coming in, probably. Bro got destroyed. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, also, like, with, with Oppenheimer, like, with it being three hours, it did not feel like three hours. Yeah, and you we know, got our friends Kane, complaining. I'm not sitting for a three hour movie. Yeah, we know who you are. Yeah, <laughs> shut your ass up. <laughs> but like, Just watch the shit. God damn. Payne and I were discussing and saying like we thought that it was just going to be like, oh yeah, they make it in the top and bomb, it explodes, the movie ends. But no, it was more so like the aftermath of it, which was pretty interesting. Yeah, um, was not expecting that because. Uh, to be clear, Torn and I went in blind, or at least as blind as we could. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we didn't really know what to expect. Obviously, we knew that like, there was going to be like color sequences and black and white sequences. So obviously, Nolan's doing some shit, doing some Nolanisms. Um, but we didn't really know what exactly it entailed. But yeah, we have all that courtroom stuff going on, uh, taking place. You know, after. Uh, the bombs had already dropped and yeah a lot of it is is the aftermath and talking about how you know they're doing the h-bomb program and you know oppenheimer's against that and shit and yeah i mean yeah we expected it mostly to be about the making of the atomic bomb and obviously that's in it we expected the whole movie to be like the nazis have a bomb what are we gonna do <laughs> like, but, but that was just like it's it, it's basically like a cliff notes in in, in the movie uh they talk about russia and shit but a lot of it j- is mostly just existential like we're building something that could eventually destroy humanity mm-hmm. and oppenheimer like coming to grips with like should we have done this why did we do this can we you know reel ourselves back can we prevent this in the future stuff like that and a majority of the movie is just some dudes sitting in a room talking to each other <laughs> some, some dudes sitting in a room and it's fucking riveting man this script kind is so a, tight and so compelling I, I definitely feel like to me at least yeah it's very like tense but also it feels like one of nolan's like more more personal movies to me 
don't know, like, because, like, you know, sure. kind, of, kind of like you said, you know, with the script being, like, so tight and, like, having, you know, so much dialogue to where it's, like, it, it feels, like, super, super authentic. So that's, that's kind of what I envisioned from that. Yeah. And if anyone knows me, I love me some dialogue. So this this was also this was made for me. <laughs> for some reason, I'll for the when spoilers, whatever. Um, Oppenheimer's getting interrogated. Kind of felt uh, like you know that little like not the, not the courtroom, but like uh the little yeah the interrogation room, I guess you would call yeah. it. Kind of felt like twelve angry men ish to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, I can the, see that. The, 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 that's exactly what I what I felt from that, but. A lot of people are, like, coming into this, you know, expecting, you know, the big bomb. And Nolan's all like, we did it for real. We detonate a real atomic bomb. That's what he said. That's exactly what he said and how he said it. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but the bomb is like, it's it's cool. The the part in the movie is, is, is tense and it's exciting. Um, and the explosion, the, the actual explosion part is really cool but that's not really the part i really gave a shit about at the end of the day like by the time the movie ended i was like i don't give a fuck about the fucking bomb part i don't <laughs> like, like it was cool yeah it was it was cool and like it's like, like you know it's something that like of course you know it fits really well with the story because you know you're seeing it how it's made and how the, the build up to it yeah Obviously, I have to test it with the Trinity test and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it wasn't like the most exciting part. The most like ex- exciting, the, the best part of the movie to me was that like press conference he gave to the crowd. And oh, they're all yeah. like, they're all like wilding out. They're like, like cheering and shit. And everything just goes completely silent. And, and he's having like a panic attack. Yeah. And, and you like the way, the way it's like filmed where it's like, it's like focused on him, but the background's like wobbling and shit. Yeah. That's so like, well I, I, I love how that happened. Like throughout the film, like a couple, couple of times. Um, and also like my thing, one of my favorite parts of the movies that like when they're interrogating him and like, you know, the pressure is like building and like you slowly start to see like the outside going to like white, and then yeah. it goes back to like Oppenheimer. It's so fucking cool. I love I love the meme that's going around in the interrogation room where he's like, "Did you or did you not like X Y Z?" And then it, and it's just a picture of him just like staring with the, the just bright white light. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> but also one of the things that I loved about the movie was the score by freaking Ludwig Goranson. Oh my God. Doing his thing again. The man's a fucking genius. He is the next Hans Zimmer. Yeah. And if he he plays his cards right, he could be the next John Williams. I can see that. Dude has not missed. (laughs) And to think my guy started doing shit for community and new girl. Yeah, exactly. Like the guy who did the music for New Girl, fucking <laughs> composed Oppenheimer and Black Panther and does Donald Glover's music and shit. Crazy. It's just, it's just the Mandalorian. 
crazy. The Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, Tenet. Yeah, Tenet. Yeah, he, he, yeah, the Tenet score is fucking crazy. Bro's disgustingly talented. It's not fair. How's anyone else supposed to compete? All right. You got Ludwig Gornson just tearing. Kill, killing it, man. Insane. Dude, it's just... I, it, it is like this project or the just Oppenheimer is definitely one of my favorite Nolan movies thus far. Yeah. And like for me, like I'm not like, you know, I, I definitely appreciate Nolan because you know, of all the, you know, the impact he's made on the film, um, like, you know, the, 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 the film community, but this one is like, this project is just like, blows out of water for me yeah something about this movie man uh i mean i i i sent you my list today i'd put it number one i think it might be his best movie now granted could be recency bias uh i haven't seen interstellar in a long long time but the way i'm feeling right now uh it's one of those movies where after watching it not only could i just not really stop thinking about it just the more i thought about it the the, the better it got it just ah, uh, it's 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 such a great great film, and it's, I can't dude, wait to watch it again. I know, and it's it's one of the one of the things where it's like, I, it's definitely like like uh, like a film because it's so like well paced that it just make it just makes the the viewing process much more easier, much more better. Yeah, it's brilliantly paced. Yes. There's not there's not like a moment wasted. You don't really feel like you missed anything. Like technically, like there's if you know like Oppenheimer's story, there are bits missing. There are. But to tell the story that it's telling with the message that it's giving, you you get everything you need to. Uh because ultimately it's not really like a biopic. It's just, it's really, it's, it's like, it's a, it's a movie about Oppenheimer, but ultimately it's a, it's a, it's a movie about the dangers of these weapons. Like, yeah. Fucking like nuclear warfare. Yeah. It it, feel, it feels like a, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like a biopic mixed with like a documentary in a way, but without like it being like, you know, too real, like, you know how like documentaries are formatted. Yeah kind of why i don't really like documentaries like that i felt like it was a i felt like oppenheimer was a low-key superhero movie (laughs) (laughs) because he's like there's like like a like a slight like montage sequence of like recruiting the team Mm -hmm. and then there's there's like a suit up sequence where he puts on his little suit and his hat and shit i'm like this is a superhero movie nolan you ain't like this is this is batman 4 (laughs) this this is the dark knight returns i don't know what like and we're actually watching a movie of scarecrow's descendant and he gets <laughs> all his his smarts from but man i just yeah i really want to see this movie again i want to see it i think it's the 70 millimeter imax is going away this week or something it's going away soon so yeah. i really want to see it in 70 millimeter imax that's some shit i do not care about wow no, not not a real fan. Take Oppenheimer off your number one. Put the Dark Knight Rises as your number one for that. Oh shoot, that is the best movie ever made. Yeah, let's see. Hold on, I'm looking at show times. Let's. Uh, what about uh, the MCU cameo? The MCU cameo. Yeah, I mean, I lo- Albert I lo- Einstein. Seeing- yeah, 
and the whole theater erupted into applause. They were like, it's fucking Albert Einstein. Look at this guy. Yeah, I, I, love, I love when um, Oppenheimer walked up to Albert Einstein. He's like, Einstein, what do I do? And he just whispers in his ear, E equals MC squared. And then he walks <laughs> off. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, it all makes sense. He fucking, he fucking flies away. <laughs> he flies away. Yeah, Einstein fucking fucking flies away. It's Oppen time. Oppen time. Can't wait for the Oppenheimer Cinematic Universe. Next film is going to be an an Albert Einstein origin movie. Someone should uh, someone should create a war movie timeline. So it's just a bunch of war <laughs> movies, just in chronological order. I, the, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if someone actually made that. You're saving Private Ryan. Ryan. Team Private Ryan, Full Metal Jacket, Apocalypse Now, Oppenheimer, Dunkirk, other movies. Nineteen Seventeen. Wait, that's World War One. Tenet, The Dark Knight, Infinity War. It's got war in the title. No, but let's talk about Robert Downey Jr.'s character because that guy, Louis, Louis Strauss, is a fucking menace, dude. Actually, it's Strauss. Oh, yeah. Sauerkraut. <laughs> sauerkraut? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> no. Sauerkraut. But yeah, but, uh, you know, going into it, I, you know, I see people talking about Robert Downey Jr., man, definitely supporting actor nomination. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm excited. Because I love me some Robert Downey Jr. Remember when he was nominated for an Oscar for playing a black guy? That was cool. He's a dude playing another dude. Disguised as another dude. dude. Yeah. RDJ is the only one that can pull that off. Right. The only human being. And he does it. He did it so well. I'll never get over that. How well he does that shit. It was so good. Anyway, uh, I was going into it, you know, like, and the, like half of the movie goes by. I'm just like, yeah, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. He's, he's, he's good. He's very good. I don't know if he's in this enough to consider it supporting actor domination worthy i don't know about all that and then the back half of the movie happens right <laughs> so so spoilers the bigger spoilers uh ahead um god damn bro wasn't it well like i knew he was gonna be antagonistic to uh oppenheimer but i didn't know the motherfucker was trying to dismantle this man's whole career because he thought he told Einstein some shit <laughs> like he told Einstein himself, and then he got embarrassed in in like a court, yeah, courthouse. I wanted to and see more like, of that scene. Just Oppenheimer, just Oppenheimer, fucking making the, the crowd. courtroom laugh, yeah. And then, dude, fucking yeah, Oppenheimer won a fucking one v fifteen, or like, or like a one v ten, yeah. Tries how to get a whole bunch of motherfuckers just to try to take his man down. Yeah, bro, really like orchestrated like. He, dude, he was a fucking Bro's menace. A menace. Orchestrated then, Oppenheimer's whole last downfall just to fail. I know, right? Like he low key succeeded, but he failed ultimately. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 literally like he he won the battle, but he lost the war. Yeah, it's like the whole movie. Like the whole movie uh, is is kind of like Oppenheimer's trying to get his security clearance back. That's mm-hmm. kind of the movie. <laughs> that like that's insane. This this whole movie is like, can this man get his security clearance back? That's it. <laughs> like, 
and yet it's so dramatic and riveting and interesting like it's 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 stupid honestly it's crazy it's crazy on how like you know like you know the thing of like just when you're making a movie you don't want any like loose ends but i have never seen a third act like fucking polished so much like this because like you know it's like damn like everything comes together like so smoothly and even like with the dialogue helps with that too um which i'll get into that later but yeah rdj did a thing fucking can't pronounce his name alden erreich yeah I, alden erreich <laughs> bro, bro fried him at <laughs> bro fucking fried him bro destroyed him <laughs> what do you yeah, say maybe, maybe they were talking about something yeah, more important yeah than you selfish and, egotistical prick man yeah. just like robert downey and jr also, in real life no i'm just kidding also the fucking goat Rami malik oh yeah just being completely i really thought they were gonna go this entire movie with rami malik is just doesn't say a fucking word it's just like yeah, Oop, drop my pen oh, that's it <laughs> doesn't say shit and then boom there he is whistleblower like hey look this this Tony Stark's a bad dude, bro. Get this man out of here. Yeah, I know, right? He was like, yeah, you know, he he just does not like Oppenheimer. And then fucking just the shots of RDJ just coming to terms with like, yeah, I fucking lost. <laughs> he but, was um, he was so good in this. He was so good at this. Yeah, I know. He was he was fucking awesome. There was that part. There was like, uh, I don't know if it was like unintentionally funny or just. <laughs> but like when Alden Ironreich tells him that you know maybe they're talking about something more important and the press is outside and he's like he's like so pissed at him and he opens the and he opens the door and he just has to put on a smile and walk yeah, out. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I was no, like right? that was great. That was so, great. Bro's like the fucking meme, you know, like where um he's like the 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 the, the guy you know with the mask. Yeah, he's like crying <laughs> underneath it. He's gonna smile on smile mat. Yeah. Uh, Fuck man, but Robert Downey Jr. The way Robert Downey Jr. talks about this role, he said he was excited to play him because it's like the opposite of who he usually plays, which is mm-hmm. himself essentially. <laughs> yeah, like fucking like billionaire playboy philanthropist type. Yeah. But like he's like slow talking in this. He's he's a bit more methodical and and soft spoken. He doesn't really doesn't really quip. The only really times he does is when he's like talking to the panel i don't know what else to call them (laughs) the panel of people and then he's a little bit quippy but once he's behind closed doors he's just like sort of relatively soft-spoken until he's like really angry and shit but yeah fucking phenomenal performance from rdj you also want to know who had a fucking amazing role in this movie uh emily fucking blunt bro yeah she was fucking cooking, dude. And you, you know, it's like it's like one of the things to where it's like I won't get into it too much because I'm not I'm not trying to get into this right now. It's gonna annoy me. Um, but you know, people are like, you know, they're mad about how the women don't have a bigger role well, in this go. movie. Well, no, no, I'm just torn, saying torn sexism, sexism. No, 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 no. But like, I'm, but I'm saying like. Yeah, they were saying like how like when, how the women didn't have a bigger role in like you know in this movie in general, 
but I'm like, did you forget Emily Blunt? Like Emily Blunt was like, she she's a dude. She was a fucking. When she denied uh, Benny Safdie's handshake at the end, yeah. And like, also, I love how she was giving Oppenheimer like reason. It was like, yeah, like this is the motherfucker like who like was doing all this shit to you, and like, yeah, she like, knew yeah. Strauss. She knew Strauss. Yeah, why are you fighting time. back? And Oppenheimer's just like, mm, yeah, yeah. She's definitely the type to defend Oppenheimer when he gets his meal wrong in a restaurant. Yeah. This is like no 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 it's fine. He's like um waiter, this is the wrong order. And Oppenheimer's like no no it's fine. He's and she's like take it back and we want a refund. That's her. My my husband ordered French fries. This doesn't look like French fries. Man, those are potato wedges. They're basically they're like our version <laughs> of French fries. No, they're not French fries. These are not what we ordered. It's like, I'm, I'm sorry, man. We don't really have any other option. I don't care what other option you have. We want French fries. Figure it out. Get your manager. The manager's Florence Pugh. <laughs> Speaking of Florence Pugh. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Twice. Twice, indeed. Twice. Once where Emily Blunt's getting cucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's right no, no it was three three times actually three times oh yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah you're three right times Just three times so there's a bit of uh not controversy but a bit of debate going around were those scenes necessary were they necessary yeah. i mean i mean you can you can remove them without like you can remove them i mean like i'm talking about, by remove them, i mean you can remove the nudity and still keep that intact because like it plays on to the part that Oppenheimer is a womanizer, yeah. you know, man, man's just, man's a fucking cheating asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, and, it was but, like one thing. Okay. Like he's, he's, he's doing Florence Pugh and also, you know, uh, Emily Blunt or whatever. But then there's that scene where it's like, where it's like, there's that rumor going around of like, of like, yeah, you're having an affair with so-and-so's wife. And he, he was like, he was like, he was like, that's ridiculous. He would never find out. Like, yeah, I was like, God yeah. damn. And she's so, and everyone's still staying with them too. Like, which is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, like that was just, I mean, honestly, like, yeah, like, I mean, if you can remove the, the remove the nudity, I think that's, that's cool. I mean, it was just like, oh, wow. That's just Florence look at those. right there. Yeah. And them in my face. Can't complain. <laughs> Yeah, you are just. That's, that's an automatic. It. That's a ten out of ten. That's just ten out of ten film right there, just for that alone. Right. They could have cut out every other part of the movie and just kept Florence Pugh in there. Ten out of ten. Yeah, retitle the retitle the film Sloppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's fair that we couldn't see uh, Killian Murphy's uh, junk. The hell, man! What's up with that? Yeah, I think yeah, I think they um CGI'd his ball sack out of the frame or something. Some double standard shit. Try to see it. It's not fair. I'm not gay. I just want to see the dong for science. You, you, you're just admiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I'm admiring. <laughs> bro, bro, trying to see the man's Guinness. I th- I think I I I really just I think the 
the the dialogue that is very meaningful to me is the conversation between Albert and Oppenheimer towards the end. Yeah, towards the end or the end, they, not towards yeah, the, the end. end, pretty pretty much. And you know, Albert Einstein is talking about how like yeah, like you know they're gonna like, I mean, they're gonna give you like a medal and shit, but like they don't really care about you like that. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, they're going to, they're going to like give you respect in like, in like a fake way. You know, they're going to like shake your hand. They're going to do all this, but like, yeah, at the end of the day, like you're, you're, you're just another person to them. And I love how at the end, um, going back to Emma Blunt for a little bit, how she did, she still didn't take, she, she, she still didn't shake Benny Safi's hand. And she was gonna spit in his face. She yeah, was cool. No, yeah, that was fucking awesome. But yeah, um, just that 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 whole entire scene. You know, like I said, going going for it going back to the beginning. It's just it's so fucking good, man. And even like, um, Oppenheimer's quote at the end is. It is so fucking great. Like I'm, I like it, it. It is such a great quote. Yeah, because the right the, the sort of theory or or one of the theories was that making this atomic bomb was gonna literally set the atmosphere like on fire yeah, and essentially great. destroy the world. Mm-hmm. And you know, Einstein's like walking or about to walk away or whatever and Oppenheimer's like hey you know how you know we might or you know like the bomb could like destroy the world or whatever and Einstein's like yeah what about it and he's like I, I think you did. yeah yeah the, the quote did. says like Albert when I came to you to those, when I came to you with those calculations we thought we might start a chain reaction that would destroy the entire world I believe we already did and you see the fucking missiles. You see shit launching in the air, and oh my god, crazy! It's fucking insane. And you see Oppenheimer seeing it, and yeah, and throughout the movie he's seeing it. Yeah, throughout, yeah, throughout the movie he's he's seeing it. He's like, I just love how, like you said earlier, it goes this movie not, not only like delves into like, you know, just the Manhattan project, but also delves into Oppenheimer's guilt and the existential, the existentialism of following with it and like what he, what he's feeling and what he's about to like, or what he's thinking about throughout the movie. It's just like, I, I, I can't even, I'm going to say that just a thousand times. I can't really put it else in the world and how fucking brilliant it is. Yeah, and you see the little ripples yeah, in the, the ripple. in the lake, and there was also that scene with the the map. It was the same mm-hmm. thing. Phenomenal. Yeah, also fucking think got me thinking about you know the the fucking Korean War and like you know just and like also like fucking uh, when uh Louis Strauss was like oh yeah who who's on the board. Um, like who voted me out? And it was like, oh yeah, some oh. people and JFK. Yeah, it was like some young politician just trying to get his name out there. John Q. 
Kennedy, John, John F. Kennedy. <laughs> I'm just like, holy shit, dude. Yeah, because that that end just are just my name drop and the missiles literally reminded me. That was some MCU the, shit. <laughs> that was MCU shit. John F. Kennedy cameo name mention. Yeah, I, I I like I love that, and you know like yeah, just you know the Bay of Pigs, blah 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 history. I'm a fucking nerd about that shit. But overall, the movie is fucking incredible. There's so many other things to talk about between the movie. All your cameos. Remember the fucking kid from uh from Sky High. Yeah, he's in there. Huey, of David, course. David Dalsmalchian. Yes, of course. Everything. Horrible oh, actor, also, Dane DeHaan. Yeah, fucking, yeah, because, like, I forgot to talk about that, because also, you know, with the Manhattan Project being so secreted, like, you know, it also, like, kind of like you said earlier, Peyton, like, how, like, there was some stuff that's, like, you know, being left out or, like, you know, it's just really minuscule, one of them being, like, you know, the, the Red Scare, and how, like, you know, communism mm-hmm. is, like, a big thing. And how there are spies, you know, like, you know, just infiltrating America and how they don't want spies, obviously, in the fucking Manhattan Project. And fucking Dane DeHaan being the menace is one of the spies. And he was fucking feeding information to the like, one of the guys who was, a, who was a British fucking spy and shit like that. It was fucking crazy, dude. You know, fuck that guy. <laughs> fucking hate him i was i was like I, I was like i was like yeah you know like of course you know they're talking about yeah we we want security on lockdown and i'm like dude fucking kill dave behar or something he's right there yeah look Bro's, at his face look at his fucking face he looks like a spy four-eyed motherfucker dude casey affleck shit. was in this casey affleck yeah i d- didn't even recognize him it's it's funny because like the cast is so stacked you're trying to recognize all these actors. I'm just like, oh, I can't even recognize shit right now. Yeah. So yeah, I but like the Red Scare, it, it's kind of funny how like um, Robert Downey Jr. has been in two movies <laughs> that have sort of involved the Red Scare re- relatively heavily. There was this, obviously. And the there's uh, fucking uh, Chaplin, where he plays Charlie oh, Chaplin, because Chaplin yeah. McCarthy accused him of being a communist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fucking McCarthy, dumb cock. I haven't seen that movie, but you should definitely watch it. I definitely, I definitely will have to watch it. But yeah, that was you know that, that, that was a that was a cool thing, and you know how like, they suspected Oppenheimer to be a communist because like you know fucking when he was fucking Florence Pugh, she was part of the the Communist Party. Emily Blunt yeah, was once Party. part of the Communist Party. He was once part of the Communist Party. His brother was part of the Communist Like, yeah, like exactly. from outside looking, like you could you could see how it may look that way. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, like you know, of course, like when I'm watching the movie and I'm like, yeah, he's not a communist, but then you think about it, I'm like, hey, I, I, I kind of see that, but yeah, everyone around him is a communist. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I love how like um, they. I just love how they they delved into the politics and also how like uh, there was like two sides of like the Communist Party in in the movie, and he's like, yeah, you know, there there's this kind type of communist and there's other types of communists too, but you know, I'm not affiliated with that right now because Oppenheimer was trying to get Sloppenheimer. Indeed, that 
that's pretty much Oppenheimer. I'd give this movie a ten out of ten. My and initial that's just, a, that's just a ten. Yeah, my initial watch it was I gave it a nine because it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, it was a lot to digest. Yeah, but. after processing it, after thinking about it again, just one of those movies where it just got better and better the more I thought about it. It's definitely mm-hmm. a ten. Yeah, no doubt about it. Even if I watch it again and there's like something where I'm like, eh, still a ten. It's still gonna be a ten. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's time to move on to Barbie. Yeah, go on to fucking peak. The best movie of the year. <laughs> yeah, one of the best movies of the year. This shit was a fucking hit, man. It's so cool how the internet lashed onto Barbenheimer and both movies just managed to be actually just incredible. I know they managed to fucking dominate the box office. Yeah. Which Fuck, I mean, man. Def- definitely deserved. Scissored. It, this is if if i'm to be brutally honest i would have seen barbie i don't know if i would have seen it opening night uh because it does it, it definitely sold me pretty much immediately because like okay barbie movie's coming out oh margot robbie's barbie okay that's interesting i got oh ryan gosling's ken okay i'm ken so that's cool um and then you know what's the trailer hit and it was it. You kind of got a sense of what they were actually going for. I was like, "Oh, this is actually going to be something interesting." Um, mm-hmm. Again, opening night territory. I don't know. But then again, would I have seen Oppenheimer opening night? Maybe not. No. Yeah. But because of Barbenheimer, uh, we did a double feature. <laughs> yeah, we did a double feature. We watched Oppenheimer two, and then we went to go see Barbie like you know, six forty, six fifty ish. It was six forty, I think. Um, well, yeah, no, the start it started at six forty, but like the movie actually did show to like six fifty, closer to seven. I gotta say, you know, we got a lot of people like saying like, which one should you watch first? And a lot of people are saying, okay, well, like a lot of people are joking that are like, okay, I'll uh, start with Barbie first for the for the thought provoking shit, and then Oppenheimer for the for the jokes or whatever. But like in reality. You'd think Oppenheimer first because, you know, obviously relatively like sad it's movie. Long, it, it's longer. It's, it, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be like maybe in your feels or whatever, this, whatever the fuck. And then Barbie, you know, it's a, it's a lighter tone and, you know, it's, it's more a beaten shit, which makes sense. But I think after watching both movies, I kind of wish we saw Barbie first mm-hmm. because after Oppenheimer, especially with the way it ended, I'm just, I'm just in Barbie and I'm still just like, damn, <laughs> I'm just like, and I can't really, I couldn't like adjust my brain to like, uh, really feel and, and, and connect to what Barbie was throwing at me. I mean, I still did, uh, but not as much as I feel like I could have or should have, uh, luckily I've seen it twice. And so I, I, you know, I've, 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 I've gotten it, but yeah, on initial viewing, I just, I wasn't. I wasn't in the headspace for Barbie after after Oppenheimer, so I kind of wish we saw Barbie first. But it is what it is, and it's fine ultimately. But again, another great film. It's so it's it was such such a good like movie, um, and also like yeah, Greta Gerwig just she needs her fucking props. Such such a good director. Also, the, the just like the, the writing. Obviously, the set design is just incredible. Yeah, this is the script is so well done. Obviously, I think this movie could you could consider it sort of a dramedy, 
Um, yeah, yeah, it was a dramedy. Uh, the comedy in this is just on point all the time. Like almost every single joke landed, which is insane for something that's so comedy forward. Um, fucking like it was so funny. It was so when there was emotional scenes, it really everything about it just lands. Mm-hmm. It's done so so well. Uh, I, 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 I don't. Should we do non spoilers or spoilers? Whatever you want to do. We'll do we'll do a little bit of non-spoilers and then we'll just jump into spoilers. Because there's specific moments that I wouldn't want to spoil. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, overall, it's just a fantastic film. It does it it does get, you know, existential. Because you know, Barbie's like, yeah, guys ever think about death or whatever? So there's that. And obviously Ryan Gosling is a standout uh a lot of people are saying you know like we gotta still give like margot robbie her flowers of course she was fucking phenomenal perfectly cast as barbie kind of um <laughs> but like ryan gosling as ken was just stupid like stupidly good because like ken is such i feel like you gotta balance him with he has to be really stupid and obnoxious but he still has to be lovable and funny and you got it. You, you still got to like sort of feel for him and shit. And like Ryan Gosling just plays it so perfectly. He did so stupid. Like I, I don't, I don't, he, he was just, Ryan Gosling was incredible in this. It's like, and I've sort of unintentionally uh, watched quite a few Ryan Gosling movies relatively recently. Uh, Cause beforehand I haven't really seen Ryan Gosling in a ton of shit, but low key, I was a bit of a Ryan Gosling, not, I wouldn't say hater, but like, I would always be like, I don't, I don't really get what everyone sees of Ryan Gosling. But recently between Barbie, La La Land, the nice guys, Blade Runner 2049, I'm like, you know what? Maybe Ryan Gosling ain't that bad. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Ryan Gosling is, is really fucking cool. <laughs> he's, yeah. Ryan Gosling's actually a pretty, he's, he's a pretty cool guy. And also like, not to mention like, you know, I, it can you know I, I i agree with you with like all the i mean i wasn't i wasn't like um i've always had like an appreciation for ryan gosling as like an actor because you know like it was like oh yeah you know ryan gosling he's a pretty big name in, in hollywood and so like when we watch all these movies so like, yeah you know okay like i i definitely have even a more appreciation for him as an actor and like his appreciation for me grew even more with all the fucking sigma male memes and shit like that all the, all the just the meme meme culture definitely um blew that out of the water for me. Yeah. I'd like his performance was amazing in Black Panther. <laughs> the Obama biopic yeah. was incredible. Ryan Gosling, he's just that guy, he's just a chameleon. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So Barbie was obviously phenomenal. Uh all the Barbies in it were great. Uh again, this is one of those movies where it's like so stylized and so out there. It's like the fact I just I'm, I'm I'm still just really surprised how all the jokes pretty much landed. Um, Alan was great. Michael Sarah. Perfectly cast. My only gripe with it. My only gripe with it is Will Ferrell and his like goons. And I'll, yeah, I mean, I'll get into that a bit more when we talk talk about spoilers. But yeah, that's the only part that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, I thought it was just like for, for yeah, it was 
pretty much just like one dimensional for me. But I mean, I'm not like I'm not I'm not a Will Ferrell hater like you. So I just found him like, oh, you know, it's Will Ferrell. It's it's cool. It's Will Ferrell being Will Ferrell. But yeah, what'd you think about the film overall? It's just I I, I really really liked it. Um, I didn't expect for me to like it this much, and like. Like Oppenheimer, the more I think about it, the more I like it. And it's also because of the message that it portrays, which we'll get into when we hit spoilers. But overall, like, I really, really enjoyed it. I'd give it a 10 as well. I would give it a 9. Fair. Initial being it was 8, came up to a 9. Unfortunately, I can't give it a 10 because of Will Ferrell and his goons. What the hell? Do Lipo's in the movie? Yeah, she was in it, yeah. Or are you just, like, fucking with me? Or, like... No, no, she was in it. Yeah. Wait, she was. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Mermaid Barbie. That's right. Okay. Stupid. Okay. No, but let's get into spoilers. What was the funniest part of the movie for you? Um, The funniest part? Yeah. Because I, I, I have two in mind that I just... I thought was... They were clearly the most funny in the movie. They were so good. The Mojo Dojo Casa House. That was the funniest part of the movie for you? That was funny. <laughs> what a loser. No. <laughs> that was good for me. It was <laughs> it was when it was when Barbie goes over to the Mojo Dojo Casa House and he's like frantically trying to get ready and he was like <laughs> he was like, just give me a second. And he goes back and he just yells, Sublime! <laughs> that was so fucking good. <laughs> It's just, it's just, I don't want to explain the joke because, you know, explaining the joke makes it not funny anymore, but it's just the word choice used because you'd expect to say like, yes, or some shit. It's like, you see it coming. It's like the joke is so telegraphed, but then he just subverts it by saying fucking sublime. It's so fucking stupid. Man. And then of course, uh, the second funniest bit for me was the Godfather bit. That was so the good. God, the Godfather bit is so funny. That is so funny, dude. And even like, even like, it, there's like the blinking you miss it sort of like joke within a joke where she goes up to Gravik. <laughs> Gravik. Gravik Ken. Uh, and, and she's like, are you watching The Godfather? The way she says it. And he's like, yeah. he's like, you mean The Godfather? <laughs> that was great, too. And he's, and I, I'm not even going to try to replicate what he says, but he's like this fucking like. 70s cinema that like what it, that whole little so, quick monologue he says it's so fucking incredible seven, fucking the the average pretentious film bro fucking like condescending um ex- explanation it's just so fucking hilarious and then of course you got the Zack Snyder's Justice League bit <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it's like it's like I, I had like I was like cutting a Ken steak for him and I got the sudden urge to Watch the Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. It's Warner Brothers Crazy. too. Crazy. Just acknowledging the incel behavior of that weird fucking cult. <laughs> but like what sucks is that the film was like so anti-men, it was just hard to get behind it. I know, right? Like, oh my god. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> That's it. It was, it, was, it was anti-man. I just don't really want to talk about it. It's actually a one. I give it half star. <laughs> it's because of the anti-man message. It was woke. Right. Was it a fan? Did you see the trans Barbie? Yikes. Yeah, I did. What was up with that? Terrible. I know, right? It's like... 
how am I supposed to bring my kids to see that? How am I supposed to, how am I supposed to explain trans Barbie? Weird, man. It's weird. We are joking, by the way. We are I'm joking. not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Don't, not, don't do this to me right now. Cannot afford to get canceled. <laughs> but, yes, we, we, are, we are joking. We loved it. Yeah. Obviously, we said that. Imagine being so fragile in your masculinity that you get mad at that. It's the same. It's, the, it's like She-Hulk light where it's like, God damn, get over yourself. Mm, exactly. It's like if you're if you're mad because the movie's making fun of like the Kens or whatever, and you're like, but I'm like the Kens. You got You got some work to do, buddy. With your Mojo Dojo Gasa House and your fucking Godfather and your Zack Snyder's Justice League, bro. You need to fix your. You need to get your shit together. It's fucking weird, True. man. Exactly. But like, yeah. So about like Will Ferrell and his goons. Yeah, like you said, it was very one dimensional. I just uh, my biggest gripe with. My biggest gripe with them is like, like I know it's Mike Mattel and they're like, they sort of like fostered the Barbies and, you know, Barbie land and whatnot, but I felt they weren't real enough because when they're in the real world, the rest of the, the rest of the the real world is real world, except Mattel and Will Ferrell and his goons, where it felt like they should belong in Barbie land as far as them being ridiculous. And like Will Ferrell is just like, there, there's parts of it where it's like, oh, he genuinely wants to help like women, but there's other parts where he's just wants he all he cares about is the bottom his bottom line, and I just feel like it's a bit conflicting, and I just feel like that whole group wasn't antagonistic enough to the Barbies. Yeah, but yeah, that was my biggest gripe with it. Other than that, flawless movie, pretty much. Scott Pilgrim was in it for a second. I know. Yeah, I also I also loved like fucking the, the choreography. He was fucking. He was fucking doing that. Shit was crazy. Yeah, I'd also love how the thr- the the film the film <laughs> when it starts, it really throws like everything at you to like really like tell the audience like this is the world we're dealing with. So like obviously like the changing of clothes and how like there's no water coming out because it's literally a playhouse, and she floats down because you. you'd pick up the doll and put it down. You wouldn't go through the whole process of like going downstairs and shit. That was really well done. They don't eat food or drink anything. So it's not like, it's not like our world, but it's pink. It's like literally they're fucking dolls. (laughs) So that's, I thought that was really, really well done and obviously serves the movie or or like when Ken like bounces off the water and he's like, he, he like twirls, but it's like someone's like grabbing him and like turning him like over and over again. Really well done. But let's talk about um, the rivalry between Ken's Ryan Gosling and Simu Liu. I was not expecting so much Simu Liu in this, to be honest. I was like, saw him in the trailer. I'm like, oh, cool. Simu Liu's in this. That's great. And then he turns out to be like an ad- antagonistic to Ken, Ryan Gosling, Ken. And then they're friends for a bit, and then they're enemies again, and then they're friends for a bit. Yeah, bro. I just wanted to see the 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 beach off, bro. We did the see beach the beach off. off. No, I want to. No, I want to see it in depth. Yeah, but, but, sure, man. I, I, sure. I agree. Like the the seemingly, the seemingly uh, Ken view with Ryan Gosling's Ken was pretty funny. Yeah, it was really good, and the whole like there there's so many like film references of this. Obviously, you got the obvious ones like 2001. Uh, yeah. right at the beginning uh there's the 
Matrix uh, reference where she's like is, is trying to escape Mattel and there's like that endless hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think there's actually a little bit of debate on it. I think it's the the whole like the actual beach war. I think that was like saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, thought, at I, least initially. Reminded, reminded me of Lord of the Rings. Sure. Um, but then you got <laughs> you got everyone's like fighting like real stupid like and then it just gets progressively more ridiculous like mm-hmm. like they have like those like suction cup arrows but they, they're like acting like they're actually getting like shot with arrows and shit the mattel yeah. guys get there and like one of them might like, actually get shot <laughs> somehow <laughs> but then and then you got like Seema Liu and ryan gosling just not even fighting anymore they're just like opening their, their pecs and shit and they're puffing their chest <laughs> out and just knocking people down yeah and then they and then Seema Liu and ryan gosling get closer to each other and they just like beach off <laughs> and then there's all those like sparkles and shit and you got like chris evans brother he's all like oh and you got graphic he's like oh and then you got the whole fucking like grease musical number yeah which is incredible <laughs> no that was fucking awesome that was so funny speaking of which the i am ken song is brilliant incredible one of the best songs i've ever heard in my life to be honest yeah it definitely change the course of the music industry and cinema as a whole yeah but that grease dance number i I, that was that was my favorite part to be honest with you it was it was like it was so fun it was a little choreographed so fun so ridiculous and it also it did the thing that musicals usually do because obviously this movie is not a musical it's a it's a movie that has a couple musical numbers in it (laughs) but like it does the thing that musicals do where it tells the story through the song. So obviously they're fighting, but then they, they, they realize, oh, like, why are we fighting in the song? And then, they, yeah. and then they're, you know, they band together. Yeah, it was, it was so real. Barbie was so real, dude. Shit was real, especially, especially the message. Yeah. Let's talk about the how, message. I also love how fucking Ken saw the patriarchy was about horses. Yeah. Probably the realest explanation you can give someone about the patriarchy. True. Ken was kind of spitting, so, so, though. So whenever whenever a woman is like, oh, yeah, all men care about is the patriarchy, I do care about horses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm an animal lover. Of course I care about the patriarchy. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, yeah of course. I, yeah. And be like, oh, yeah, all men benefit from the patriarchy. Yes, I do benefit from getting my own horse in the future. Exactly. Just... Yeah, I fucking love the patriarchy. <laughs> Clip that. Clip that. <laughs> Clip that is crazy. Send it to his employers. <laughs> like, that, is, that is insane. <laughs> no, but like, let's talk about the message because like, there's the, the, the critics of the Barbie film, uh, which are few and far between, with such a vocal minority, uh, a bunch of losers, if you ask me, but they're one of the biggest criticisms I see is that the message is like too on the nose. And I'm just like, it probably should be because if it's not yeah, on the yeah. nose, it's just going to go right over people's heads. Exactly. Like this, this film is something that should not be misinterpreted at all. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah, I feel, cause I feel like it could really easily be misinterpreted if it, if it wasn't like incredibly clear. Also, even though there are like like you got like Barbie and Ken coming to the real world for the first time and there's those construction workers and Barbie's like, I don't have a vagina and he doesn't have a penis. 
and you got like Kate McKinnon being like, mm, I'd like to see what naked blob he's got going down under there. So it's got, you got like adult oh, jokes God. in it, but like, it's nothing like you can't really bring your, you really can't bring your kids to see like you can, it depends on the kid because especially towards the end with all the existential shit. Um, mm. but like they know it's a Barbie movie. They know kids are going to come see, come to see this. So making exactly. the point super on the nose and being like, this is what the message is. This is what the movie is just makes sense. Not only to n- not have these weirdo fucking Godfather watching <laughs> fucking weirdos misconstrued shit, but also just having kids watching be and actually hearing it and being like, Oh, I get it. Cause yeah, they're exactly. fucking telling you. <laughs> yeah, cause, Cause you know, like you have, like, I know like, uh, Especially for the people, um, some of some of the, the vocal minority. Well, I don't even say they're vocal. They're just like people who happen to get attention on the internet rather than them getting attention at home. Uh, they were like, "Oh yeah, like Ken is the real antagonist in the Barbie movie. Like he's like this alpha male." Blah 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 blah. My bro, like if you're think if you went to the Barbie movie thinking that Ken is a villain, then you're fucking weird. <laughs> Like, you completely missed the message of the movie. Like, Ken is an antagonist, but he's not, like, a villain. Like, it's also, like, just to show that Ken Ken and the Kens are... It's it's, it's a... I mean, I don't even say, like, like, an allegory, but it's, like, it's basically, like, about, like, you know, the, the boys who go through like this villain arc and they fucking hate women and become like incels and shit like that. The misogynistic uh, guys, but it's also like, Hey, men have feelings too. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you know, it's, it's which, okay. which is why the whole, like, Oh, the film's anti men thing doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And it's like, you know, at the end when like, Barbie's like, you know, it's okay. It's it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. And, and then she also says, like, maybe it doesn't have to be girls' night every night. Yeah. And like she like she was like, Oh yeah, like, you know, I, you know, I apologize for you know, like always blowing you off. Yeah. And then like some people were like, Well, Ken didn't even like apologize to Barbie, and I'm like, like yeah, but like I mean, he understands, and they un- like Barbie understands too. Like he doesn't need so. to apologize; he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> bring back the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, bring back the horses. Yeah, <laughs> and I also like. Oh, also well, oh when- sorry, sorry. One more thing: when like the Barbies start to reinstate everything, instead of like it, it doesn't fully go back to the way it was. Like the truck there, it was half pink. Mm. So like clearly yeah. they want to you know, make things more equal. It's not just, ooh, Barbie again. Exactly. And even, like, with, you know, going, going back to, um, yeah, go, uh, going back to Ken, like, you know, when, when, like, Ken was, like, super uninterested when he found out the patriarch wasn't even about horses. Yeah. So, obviously, like, you know, there was something that clicked for him in his brain there as well. So, and, like, you know, also... Ken was telling Barbie that like how in the real world he felt like he was something he was respected yeah he was respected and he was valued someone even asked him what the time was yeah I also loved how they were like with uh 
the daughter i forgot the character's name oh uh, sasha yeah they were just like she was just like up front and like called barbie like a fascist and she was like she was like how barbie like makes women like feel bad about themselves and shit that was yeah, great she was, she was she was fucking crazy what a gen z thing to say <laughs> yeah no i didn't know barbie was batman <laughs> but yeah and then like you know the the whole you know the barbie side like i i, I enjoyed that as well like i enjoyed like yeah you know like uh, I just I love how like America Ferrera's uh, character tied into the whole thing, you know, with like you know with with Barbie being like you know feeling like really emotions and her wanting to be like a real person. Yeah, and it makes so much yeah. sense too because like I love how I mean I'm sure it was all like Greta Gerwig and shit. I doubt Mattel wanted to like admit it, but like the fact that like girls don't really play with Barbies anymore. So obviously, yeah. so it's got to be the mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah. Like, it, Cause you know, like, of course, you know, she's, she's growing up. She has her little girl. She doesn't like, like the little girl doesn't even like acknowledge her mom and all that type of shit like that. And so like it, it's just like, it just like, it made everything like super like authentic and like, it was interesting to see how they play with that side of the plot. And then they ruin it all with the ending. Yeah, I know. Right. She Oh, I want to be a real boy. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, but like, I, I also think it was like cool um, at the end where, you know, Barbie like meets the maker. Yeah. And basically telling her like, yeah, you know, like um, you, you have your, you can make your own choices now. Like, you know what it's like to be a woman. Um. And Barbie wanted to become human, which is it was just so cool. Like I mean, I, I really enjoyed that part. Uh and then uh, like it was cool how like Billy obviously Billy Eilish's song comes in, um, which is a beautiful song on its own. Um but obviously the lyrics are like obviously, you know, it's the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lyrics are the movie, and it comes in and there's like like montage of like all these kids and apparently those are all like videos from like crew members and stuff yeah so that's really cool but also i think it was just brilliantly done how the notes in that song which apparently apparently the way it went it was like they approached billy eilish to make a song and she made the song and then i think greta gerwig asked the composer whatever to like insert the 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 notes of this song throughout the score so everything just kind of feels all tied together i think that was Mm -hmm. brilliantly done and a lot of times when when those tones do come in it's when barbie's experiencing something specifically human so i thought that was that was really really well done yeah for sure and then there's the bit at the end where she sees her gynecologist that was very funny yeah that that was that was funny because she doesn't have a vagina I don't know if that was <laughs> pointed out. <laughs> Kate McKinnon was fantastic as Weird Barbie. Yeah, I fuck, I fucking loved her. Yeah, she was great. Everyone, everyone did their thing, and even even Alan, Alan became a Barb. No. Okay. No, the fa- but the fact that like all of Insync is our Alans, this is Justin right. Timberlake's and Alan. <laughs> He's like, yeah, even him. <laughs> don't even name drop him. Love to see it. But yeah, I don't got a ton much else to say. 
Yeah. To be honest. So, yeah. Other than that, like, you know, Barbenheimer was a hit. Yeah, Barbenheimer was definitely a success. It's fucking great. Best double feature I ever participated in. Only double feature I've participated in. Also, like, just... Also, like, yeah, the marketing for both movies were fucking insane, especially even Barbies. Yeah. Shit was incredible. I'm... Also, the, the long line and fucking Santicos. Oh, yeah. With the fucking or, Barbie box yeah, and shit. I'm like, I'm like, bro, you're like, y'all gonna be late to the movie, bro. Yeah. All for a picture. Crazy. I would love to take a picture, but I ain't getting in that line. Right. Hell no. Glad, but, glad I got to see Blue Beetle's costume instead. But yeah, that was that's Barbie. I'd give it, again, I'd give it a 9 out of 10. I'll give it a 10. Just because I am Kenneth. I am Kenuff. I still, I gotta get that hoodie. I know, that hoodie looks fucking fire. It looks, it looks good. It looks comfy. Right. And it's not as much as I thought it'd be. I think it's like $65, which ain't a little, but I expected, I expected them to really milk the shit and make it like a hundred some or some shit. Cause, uh, sometimes they like to do that. But anyway, uh, yeah, so that is Barbenheimer. So what did you watch this week? Um, I caught up with uh, My Adventures with Superman. W. Um, and I'm also going to catch up on Secret Invasion. W. And Or an L, if you ask the internet. Oh, well, yeah. I hope to watch another movie there's so many movies on my list that i want to watch but the one i probably will like start off with is um the van the van gogh movie with, with, with willem dafoe really yeah because dude that meme is so fucking funny man it, it's so fucking funny so I have to watch it, it oh, um, right, yeah, at, at Eternity's Gate. And it's free to watch on YouTube. Oh. It's free to watch on YouTube, Tubi, Amazon Prime Video, and Freebie. So there's also uh, Parks and Rec. I'll, I'll get I'll get I'll get to that later. Like okay, that's it. That's it. Well, I watched Secret Invasion. Finished that. It's over. We'll probably talk about it more next week, but um, I, I, I truly, I truly don't get the hate, man. I'm so lost. I haven't felt like dis- this disconnected from a fandom since like the Last Jedi. <laughs> like obviously, it's not on the same level because like the Last Jedi, in my opinion, is like the second best Star Wars movie. Or Secret Invasion, I really, really like. Um, but yeah, I just people are acting like it's the worst thing they've ever. I just don't understand, man. I just don't get it. People, uh, people are like saying like the writing is trash and this like I'm just not, I'm not it's, seeing what I they're just, seeing, dude. Like I've just gotten to the point where like if I see any slander like about the MCU or anything, I just I start blocking people, dude. Because like I'm not trying to get into this right now, like, and it's it's hard to sometimes it's even hard to tell like what's criticism and what's slander now because like people just have a negative light on the mcu yeah so i really just don't fucking care at this point like the con like just just comic book movie fandoms right now are in fucking shambles it's like you hate the fucking mcu or like you hate dc and then it's like 
And yeah, even though if it's something that's like widely disliked, like Secret Invasion or, or She-Hulk or something along those lines, and you say, yeah. you know, like or, or Thor Love and Thunder, and I say, like, I like it because I fucking do. I just it'll get called a shill or a psychophant or like. Yeah, ex- exactly. And like, so like I follow this person. Uh, I showed you a few of the videos and his name is King Lion. And do you know the Cuban Crusher? I don't think so. Oh, well, the Cuban Crush, he's like another like big TikToker, TikToker, and he was saying, like, yeah, like, you know, Secret Invasion, blah, 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 blah. I didn't really watch the video because I'm not trying to get into that. And King Y was like, you know, like, people just don't want to talk about Secret Invasion because they're fucking scared to. Because, like, if you talk about something that you like, especially when it comes to, like, you know, MCU, uh, you're going to get fucking shit on. And, like, you know, it's fucking true. Cause it's like, like I know I'm, I'm I I am a full believer that like you should not let a fandom like um, deter you from enjoying something. Yeah, yeah, deter you from enjoying something. But like, dude, like I fucking hate when I go all like on TikTok or like go on fucking Instagram or no longer known as Twitter, known as X. Um, I fucking just see a bunch of bullshit like of people being like, oh, dude, like I fucking hate the MCU or like the MCU. I'm just getting so fatigued over it. Blah, 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 blah. I'm a fucking bitch. My mom doesn't love me. Like, dude, I just I don't fucking care at this point right now. Like people just if you don't like something, then just stay away from it. Yeah. <laughs> but like obviously but people hate watch it. Yeah. It's like obviously point. you shouldn't care what people say. But at the same time, when someone's shitting on something you love, it's hard to just not see it <laughs> it's kind of one of the reasons why i was like i'm just like i'm always like disconnected from the star wars fandom for a bit i'm like i'm so kind of am yeah i'm completely it's disconnected why, it's kind of why like i still really haven't watched all this stuff because of that reason but it's like all fucking people talk about is the fucking sequels i'm like bro get all like dude that shit was so long ago like why are you still on that shit like it's crazy like, like really like is that like your entire personality is to fucking hate the sequels like it literally it's is so, it's so fucking annoying and it's like so exhausting yeah watching Especially, watching mando season three with zero input from the internet turns out everyone not everyone not literally everyone but like the, a ton of people the fandom seemed to just hate Mando season three and like Mando season four is coming out and there and people are like, man, I hope they actually get writers this time. And meanwhile, while I was watching it when it was coming out, just not seeing any of this shit, I'm just having a good time. Exactly. Can't wait to do that when Ahsoka comes out. Yeah. I fucking like, and it's also like, it's not even like refreshing, like seeing or not as refreshing as seeing like pockets of like positivity around the MCU. Like, it's just, like, wow, like, a pocket of positivity only for, like, a black hole of negativity to just come right back at you. Yeah. It's so fucking gross. It's like emotional whiplash because we just get, like, Guardians 3, and it's like, this is the best MCU movie in a long time. And then we get Secret Invasion, and it's like, it hasn't been good since Endgame. (laughs) It's like... Exact... Oh, my God, bro. I I swear, like, I see comments like that all the time because, like... It's like, yeah, like Secret Invasion is like literally like one of the worst projects like in a while or whatever. 
uh, the MCU's gone downhill and people are like, have you seen Guardians 3? And they'll be like, yeah, but this still isn't enough, like, with all the mediocrity of the MCU. And I'm like, bro, get the fuck out of here. It's just weird, man. It's just weird. Fucking disgusting, dude. That's all I have to say. Yeah. But, uh, you know, rant aside, really enjoyed Secret Invasion all the way through. Uh, finale was decent. I don't think it's as bad, again, as, I don't think it's as bad as people were making it out to be. Uh, I do think it was too short, the finale, that is. Uh, well, I guess the series as a whole, I guess, the six-episode shit. I mean, we've talked about that to death. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I really enjoyed it as a whole. But what do I know, I guess? I'm just a shill. Um, also watched a, the first few episodes that are out of Harley Quinn Season 4. Uh, and like always, it's fantastic. Can't get enough of Harley Quinn. It's great. Can't wait to see the rest of the series. Uh, I also finished uh, The Crowded Room, which is that series with Tom Holland that's on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, again, a series Oof. that just got completely, critically just annihilated. But luckily, unlike Secret Invasion, uh, audiences seem to actually uh, enjoy it. So, and I am included in that. I think it's very good. Um Tom Holland is even in like the negative reviews you'll see of it. It's like generic mystery, but like Tom Holland gives a career best performance. Um, so at least, you know, he's not a weak link in it, you know? um, but it's like, it's like how many times does this man, Tom Holland have to like prove himself? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, cause people just love to say he's not that good of an actor. It's like, well, he is. You're just pretending not to see it or just being annoying. Uh, but he's fantastic in this. It's a show about, you know, multi multiple personalities and what have you. Um, and Tom Holland does a, just a really, really good job. And it, oh my God, what the fuck was that? Excuse me. Oh my God. I burped. Good, good Lord. You're not excused. Okay. I'm, I'm incredibly offended. Oh. No, but Tom Holland is incredible in it. And it's a really good series. And uh, it's the only multiple personalities thing I've seen that does that does the concept similar to something like Doom Patrol with a uh, crazy Jane. It's sort of a sort of sort of a similar concept with actually how uh, his mind actually works. So it's really interesting. I, I definitely recommend it. Uh, another show where you shouldn't listen to reviews and just to judge for yourself because I, I, I really enjoy it. But uh, last thing I watched was Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Something which on this podcast, we were like, we we're like, man, Rise of the Beast looks great. Uh, I watched it. It is OK, I guess. <laughs> I just after Bumblebee, I was, you know, was really excited. Like, hell yeah. It's, you know, doesn't feel like the Bay movies. Uh, we're actually getting good designs for these Transformers and shit. And it looked like that was continuing enough in Transformers Rise of the Beast, but actually watching the movie, no, it kind of just feels like a leftover Bay movie again. And it's just, and, and again, the weakest point, or one of the weakest points of Rise of the Beast, like most Transformers movies, except Bumblebee, is the humans who just add literally nothing 
literally nothing like i could and they, and they try to like get you to care about the characters and i'm just like i'm not buying this shit and it gets really really corny towards the end like really corny and the, the whole movie feels very like 2012 and because you, ha- you haven't seen it right no if you ever do see it you'll know exactly what i mean <laughs> yeah towards the end it gets very 2012 it just feels so outdated it's like it's it's like literally this movie is like if an event or avengers if it's transformers movies came out in 2012 except they weren't directed by michael bay that's what this movie is it just it's disappointing because it felt like they were actually going somewhere in bumblebee and they just kind of that's that's made that's, a generic uh, that's kind of one of the trash. things too because like it's funny as i like yeah because like um travis knight who directed bumblebee it seemed that like, you know, at least from the look of Transformers and the feel that you have for Bumblebee, is that like that's kind of what I was hoping that he would continue with in Rise of the Beasts. Um, not to say that like, you know, I don't hate not I wouldn't say hate, but like not that I like um I have anything towards uh Stephen Cable Jr. But it definitely seems that like Rise of the Beast is pretty um pretty mixed. And I, of course, you know, I was excited for Stephen Cable Jr. because he directed Creed, like one of the Creed movies. I think it was Creed 2. And Creed 2 was pretty, pretty good. But, um, yeah, I definitely have to see that now. It's on Paramount Plus. How much is Paramount a month? I don't know. You could probably get a free trial or some shit. I hope so. Let me see Paramount Plus. It's like... Yeah, try one week of one week for free, and I can just cancel the hoe. Yeah, but probably. Let's see. It's yeah again, like like you said, it's just I don't know, man. I just I want something better from trans because the Transformers franchise has so much legitimate potential, and we and, and, and you see that potential in Bumblebee, and they just it's just why, man, why? I just don't get it. And then towards the end, do you know anything about? The movie, other than what you've seen yeah. in trailers, yeah, I know, I, I know, like, do you, I know. There's. Do you, do you know about the end? No, I know about the. I don't know about the end, but I know that like, uh, there's like fucking they're fighting Unicron and shit, which like, I had my skepticism because Unicron is, it's pretty, he's pretty fucking powerful, and I don't like. Yeah, well, they don't do like, shit. I don't, they don't do shit with Unicron. Well, you do absolutely well, nothing with him. That, that's fine. It, yeah, I guess it's, it's whatever. I guess. I, I guess we're setting them up or something. I don't know. And, but there's this there's this moment towards the end, which, unless you're like sort of familiar with these franchises and and who owns what, uh, you might be. It might seem sort of out of left field. But if if you're in the know, it, it, it it's it kind of makes sense. But it's something that if it came in something like a Bumblebee or a movie that is as at least as good as Bumblebee, it would be like a legitimately exciting thing. Like, Ooh, this is coming. Ooh, that could be really interesting. That could be really good. But after rise of the beast and you get this little tag at the end, sort of teasing something, it just, I'm just like, why would I give a shit about this? If this is the quality that we're going to get from it. And Mm -hmm. it's, I, I, I want to play coy about it because it, it, it's like because it, it, it still could be something uh, as, as especially as something interesting but i don't know i'm just not confident at all in whatever they're doing now i'm just not but i'd give it i give it a six out of ten and that's generous oh wow i was gonna be 
there's going to be a prequel film to Rise of the Beast that's, I mean, it's probably going to get delayed, but um, it's going to have Chris Hemsworth and Brian Tyree Henry. It's going to be in, it's scheduled to release September, tw- September 13, 2024. I don't know if that's connected. It's animated, it's a, though. It's a, it's a feature-length animated film. Yeah. Animated prequel film. Okay, I guess. Well, who knows? I'll definitely watch it today because I'm just going to get Paramount Plus. You know, uh, just knock it out of the way. Yeah, I'm just going to knock it. Knock it out. Because yeah. I, mean, I, I, I wanted to see Rise of the Beast when it came out in theaters because, you know, like. Yeah. You know, I really do love Transformers. Yeah, something like about it when it came out, my interest just went way down and I just, yeah. It didn't go way down for me. I just didn't have the time to see it. I should I should mention some positive things. Uh, Pete Davidson's Mirage was was genuinely really great. He was fantastic. He was easily yeah, the best part of the movie. Yeah, my friend really enjoyed Pete Davidson, even though she does not like him. But part of me was annoyed because Mirage to me felt like what Bumblebee should be, because they keep they keep doing this stupid radio speaking through the radio bullshit that I, I, I I'm. It was cool in 2007, but I'm just, I just want Bumblebee, man. <laughs> I just, I just want Bumblebee, just regular ass Bumblebee. That just kind of felt like Mirage was. And I'm like, we could have gotten that. I mean, again, Mirage is cool, but. Um, Mirage, Mirage reminds me of like Bumblebee and Jazz. Yeah. He's, yeah, he one. is like a bit of a mix. Yeah. But yeah, so there, there okay. was a couple cool action sequences, but they're more like beginning and middle. It, it, it really, really loses itself towards the end. Uh, there's a couple cool, cool bits, but uh, there's especially, um, there's something with the, um, the main human character. Oh, oh, fucking Anthony Ramos's character. Yeah. Uh, where I was just like, okay, this is, I'm out. <laughs> this is fucking stupid. <laughs> and usually, usually I'm the type of person like, like sort of like with, like with Uncharted, the Tom Holland Uncharted movie. I'm like, there was some stupid shit around, but I'm like, okay, I'll let it slide. I don't know. Something, something about it in, in this movie just really rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> you'll see, you'll see what I'm talking about, but well, fuck me, man. All right. Anyway, uh, yeah. Is I'm, that- actually, I'm actually intrigued to watch it a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the show. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening to the Avengers podcast. If you want to follow us, we're at Avengers on X. Uh, it's Twitter. This ad adventures on Twitter. It's A V E N G E nerds, all one word. If you want to follow either one of us, you can reach me at Incentive underscore on Twitter. Where can they reach you? Uh, you can reach me on at Torn Guy on Instagram. Something that actually kept his name. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Although there's threads, and technically it's the same account. Or yeah, whatever. well, threads gonna have the Twitter logo now, so it should. <laughs> They honestly, they honestly should. <laughs> Zuck, do your thing, bro. Just make the threads add into the to the Twitter bird. Yeah, everyone will switch over immediately, unless you're like a fucking weird crypto Elon Musk, bro. Anyway, um, we also have a Discord if you'd like to join the conversation. There, this will be linked in the show notes. You can also check out our link tree for any additional links you may be interested in. Uh, you can also review the show in app on Apple Podcasts. You can leave five stars in a review; it would really help us out. Thanks again for listening to the Adventures Podcast. We'll see you next week.